everyone. Welcome to Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Zoom Style. <laughs> I'm Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. I'm Sid the Kid. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this show along with all the programming from We Are Regal Radio um, on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're everywhere. And don't forget to download that iHeartRadio app. Just download that iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, and you'll access our lovely programming right there. All right. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, and you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter, and you can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Fabulous. So, guys, week one of the NFL is almost in the books. We got a couple of games tonight. We'll record this on Monday, as you guys know. But some interesting and very exciting things. We're going to dedicate this first hour for that. So what do you, so we'll start with the Bears game, of course. Um, I'll let you guys have the floor because I have my thoughts. I want to wait till last. So, Jason, since you haven't been here with us in the last couple of weeks, I'll let you go first. Okay. What do you think about the game yesterday with the Lions? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, listen, uh, first of all, glad football is back um, in whatever capacity it is. Um, I will say this, I think as far as a general league observation goes, you could definitely see why there is a need for at least a two game preseason, in my opinion, or a one game preseason. Um, I saw a lot of, 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 of rust, I guess you could call it, uh, not just with the bears and in lions game, but I thought, I, I thought I saw a little bit of, of it throughout the league in a few games. Um, just, just some teams that, that got off to just a bit of slow starts. And I think, uh, Sometimes maybe that the preseason can help that. But to our Chicago Bears who got their season off to a good start, uh, a W is a W, right? And Sid and Lakina, a win is a win. Uh, I think as a Bears fan, you'll take it. Uh, although, obviously, it was against the Detroit Lions, who are still the Detroit Lions. Uh, they can't seem to close out games. This is a – actually, this is a really disturbing trend under Matt Patricia in his third season. Um, they pretty much led the league in, in blown fourth quarter leads. Um, and this one was a, a 16 point lead. Uh, and, and they, you know, the, the Lions, they blew it. Although, uh, I, I feel bad for DeAndre Swift though. I mean, he was, he was right there on that, that little seam route down the sideline, uh, perfect throw by Matt Stafford. I mean, you can't, you can't put it any better. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things you can't always count on the running back to catch the ball, but, um, the, the Bears get the win. And of course, uh, I, I take this to Mississippi. Um, well, let me let me let me curtail that for a second. What I did like about the Bears, um, they were committed to running the football. Uh, that was something that they were not committed to doing last year, um, with a bit of a triumvirate, of, if you will, of um, uh, Cordero Patterson, Tariq Cohen, and David Montgomery. Um, you could see the effort was there to run the ball, and it showed. Um, they were very successful in doing that, and hopefully they can continue that trend throughout the season. We'll see. Um, the defense did not look inspired or energetic at all, really lackadaisical. Um, I think that's something that they can fix, but no Khalil Mack really impact game there. Um, I thought we, he would come out and have a good start to a season. Not so much the case, but again, very, very early in 
again, I still think some of these teams are, are really rusty that really need to get into that game type of shape. But on to Trubisky. Um, I mean, you guys saw the game. First three quarters, he was horrible. Let's just, just, just put it out there. Um, he's still doing the same Mitch Trubisky stuff, missing wide open receivers, um, footwork and fundamentals going out the window under pressure. Uh, and and it, it's the same old story. And he's maddeningly inconsistent. You know, in his third year, this is still the same story that we get with Mitch Trubisky. He had a hell of a fourth quarter, right? I mean, that's that's, you know, the, the, the Trubisky supporters will say, well, that's the that's where the quarterbacks make their money in the first place. And, and you know, he still led the team on the comeback to a win. But if the Bears have any hopes of, of doing any damage in the playoffs and getting to a Super Bowl, they have to have a consistent quarterback. And he can't just be a guy that's good for one out of the four quarters. They need one for that's good for four out of the four quarters. So uh, with that being said, I know I talked a lot there, but um, I will throw it in the throw it to you, Sid. As we say hello to Lamont and bring him in, I think. What's going on, Lamont? Hey, good people. How y'all doing? Good, pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good to right. see you. Good to see you, too. Okay, Sid, you're up. Or not. Right, uh, yeah, I think so. So, Lamont, go ahead. Give us your thoughts on the Lions-Bears game yesterday. You know what? That Lions-Bears game was – it was scary, and it was like Jason had mentioned a minute ago, Mitch was just Mitch, and I was sitting there wondering, well, what's going to happen next? What do we do next? How does this go next? And, yeah, he did make a couple of plays, but the defense, I think, felt Mitch's lack of playing in that first half, in the first three quarters. Because exactly. even when they came out after halftime, they didn't have no nothing in them. They was like, since he don't care, we don't care. But after they made that score, he started to act like he was, okay, they was a little more into it. And I think they need that type of fire from the start if they plan on making any kind of run in any type of playoff situation or even in their own division. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find it interesting because, you know, for those whole three quarters, the Bears were terrible. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to get a cookie – for making a comeback against the Lions, the Lions did like three times last year. So, to, to see, I know I, I see people say, "Well, a win's a win." Okay, yeah, fine, I get that. But at the same time, though, the Lions gave that game away. I mean, let, let, let's let's be honest here. I mean, look, we all look, we all saw Matt Prather make sixty. I, I saw him make a couple of sixty yarders when he was with the Broncos. So I can understand why they went for that kick. But you're up ten points play the field position, kick that game, kick that away and make them, you know, go down the field. I think that's one. And two, why did you pass on third and what was it, seven, where the running game was actually, it was actually working okay. for you. So why did you Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was killing him. Yeah, they, they, yeah, he was. And why wasn't he a, a factor in that third down in that last possession that led, you know, led the interception from Kyle Fuller, and which led them to that, that, which is a tie in the game. Yeah. I just, I just think that look. I mean, the defense looked looked lax, and Mitch looked like Mitch. Mitch, and, Mitch know, is Mitch. Yeah. Everything Mitch else going Mitch. on. What yeah, was that about? Mitch gonna be Mitch, and that's horrible. You know, I hate that we have. I mean, I see no future for the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. Like. I don't see it like, and I think the other people on the team see it, and that's why they wasn't giving a hundred percent in that first half. Now, if that 
fourth quarter, make them come out into this next game, fired up from the start. Maybe we hope so, but I'm not willing to bet on it, man. Well, well, yeah. Well, let's say I mean, they, they should have they should have killed the Lions. Let's be honest. They didn't yeah. have Darius Slay's not there anymore. You know, Desmond Trufant, which was like the first, the like the the only decent secondary guy that the Lions had. He was hurt. He got hurt. Four, he got hurt. You're down to like your fourth or fifth stringer. So like, come come on. I mean, you should have. You know, Trubisky should have ran circles around that that Lions secondary, but. They did, and, and yeah, it could have been Russ, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna channel the ghost of the late great Denny, Denny Green and say the Bears are who you thought they were, and Elias let them off the hook. Yeah, exactly. That's what they did. Then what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like with with that, not only did they let him off the hook, the Lions coach, I don't see him making it through the year, and then if you look at Two people that have good games against the Lions, Mitch Trubisky and Anthony Miller. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch yeah. Trubisky, they all started against the Lions. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I will say that. I mean, listen, that it, you know, again, good bitch, good Mitch, bad Mitch, right? Um, it was it was a, a great throw to Anthony Miller for that touchdown, um, but Anthony Miller had a big drop uh, earlier in the quarter, I think. Um, so you know, you again, it's a it's a it's a take a we can get type of deal. Trubisky um, just got to be more consistent. I mean, I, I think we're all starting to sound like the broken record here. We we've all seen it. It's in year three now. Um, another observation though that that I also found concerning. I think that was at the end of the first half, right? Mm-hmm. Poor poor time management by Matt Nagy there. Really yeah. really poor. It allowed the Lions an extra possession. It actually got their momentum going. Really. Um, in a tie game, that was 6-6. It ended up getting them that, that possession that uh, go down for the touchdown right before the half. Um, but, you know, so I don't, I don't know how to feel about this win, guys. You know, as again, as a fan, I mean, I think it's a, it's a take-what-you-can-get type of deal, but there's nothing particularly encouraging about it outside of the running game. Yeah, and the running game was good. The running game was, you know, at least he went to it. And I think he only went to it in the beginning like that just to show, okay, that I'm going to try to do something different to make us think he was doing something different. But at the same time, he didn't stick with it. So, Yeah, that that's sort of the thing. And he kind of went away from it, too, in the second half, unfortunately. So he actually – and Mitch – and now I'm going to be honest here, here because I think Mitch, a couple of those throws that thankfully Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller made those catches, but it, it sort of looked like <laughs> those look like Jay Cutler esque. Yeah, and, 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 and how I you say that? So I don't know how you guys feel about it. As we're still we're still having problems with uh, still having problems with his Wi-Fi. But well, what do you guys think? Because to me, it just he looked a little like Cutler there. Yeah. <laughs> not the ghost of Jay Cutler. You are not bringing back the ghost of Jay Cutler. Jay well, Cutler, we don't want no more Jay Cutler stories. I mean, we we need to just, I mean, I think we shouldn't even, after the Giants game, I heard someone say he'll be gone by week four. So maybe he'll be gone by week four. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, it's it's receivers bailing him out a lot of the time. and And sometimes that's okay. But it, it goes back to his accuracy issues and his fundamental issues, right? I mean, it, if, if you're 
if you're standing in the pocket and you're 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 fading away on a fadeaway route, you're gonna you're gonna either do one of two things, right? You're gonna either badly underthrow the ball, which is gonna be a pick, or you're gonna overthrow the ball, which also could be a pick. It's 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 just not gonna be an accurate pass. And again, when there is, I mean, we see it time and time again. Even when there is a bit a little bit of pressure in the pocket, he has that footwork has a tendency to go right out the door. And I'm hearing people keep going back to, well, that's coaching. That's coaching. The, the, the coaching can only get you so far, right? I mean, you, you, you have to do it in game situations. I, I, I don't want to hear the, the excuse of he's not being coached well anymore. I just don't want to hear that anymore. It's in year three. He's a professional. He should know at this point where his mechanics and his footwork need to be for him to be successful. So uh, hopefully, I think we we got Sid back now. I think hopefully he can jump in and give us his thoughts on the game. And yes, yeah, still still having oh. trouble. Sid, can you hear us? Yeah, he's coming in and out. I think. Yeah. So well, okay, Lamont. What do you, what do you think about the defense, Lamont? I, I think the defense. I mean, they fed off the offense. I think they can't. They see nothing coming from that side, and they were starting to fall into that, man, we're going to the same thing we did last year. We're going to be on the field all day. We got to keep trying to stop these teams, and they're not helping us at all on that side of the ball. And I think if they had a more vocal defensive coordinator that had a little more juice, so to speak, to where he can tell Matt Nagy, man, you need to do something with your guys, man, because we're doing our job for the most part. And even though they started getting gassed by AP, I think that, that that had something to do with them. You know, they didn't feel it from the start. I mean, Mitch, I think Mitch took the spirit out of everybody. I think if the crowd was there, the crowd would have been booing. He would have been getting booed out the building. One thing I did notice, Lakina and Lamont, I don't know if you guys know this uh, or noticed it, um, but there was a key stop early in that second half, and they actually they actually did a little – report on it during the game. Um, I believe it was Shannon Spake uh, on, a, on the sideline report there. They they did show uh, Khalil Mack getting vocal with his teammates on the sideline. And I didn't notice that the defense played a bit better, a bit better <coughs> after that point. But uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Lamont. I, I know, you know, the defense, they're supposed to be separate, but they still kind of feed off each other in, in a lot of different ways, right? So when... When, and attitude gonna develop, man. You know yeah. how they go, man. If you gotta carry the weight, and look how long they've been carrying Mitch. Some of them people been carrying Mitch for three years. Yeah. I mean, they tired of carrying him, man. And 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 if y'all constantly showing that y'all not gonna do nothing to change it or do nothing to help it, then why are we carrying him? Like, I like the even the rookie. The rookie he was getting ate up a little bit, but he a rookie. He just got thrown out there. Well, Jalen Johnson. You talking about Jalen Johnson, the cornerback? Yeah. He, he, actually, he actually had a really good game. I mean, he got better as the game went on. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. He made a couple of really big plays down the stretch there in that fourth quarter. I, got, I thought he got better as the game went on, especially for a rookie. I thought he did a hell of a job. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He, he did better than Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, you back, so you back with, with us? Oh, we... Well, just have to work with it. Yeah, um... Eddie, you got, you got to wonder, though, I'm one, I noticed this guy, especially in that front seven, Eddie Goldman, not having Eddie Goldman there, yeah. you got to think that, that it, it's, it's looking glaring, his absence. Yeah, you can yeah. notice. Actually, I think he played a bigger part than most people thought he did. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have completely thought so, and I'm still gonna hold out hope after one game. But, but you're right. I mean, uh, uh, listen, we all love Akeem Hicks, but it seems like he's getting focused in on more in that interior line, and and that's where Eddie Goldman were supposed to take some of that pressure off. I also think when Robert Quinn comes back, I think it's going to be a little easier for that pass rush in that front seven. But I, I, I agree. I I mean, did, they, they what, a about that defense. Go ahead. Danny Javathan, he too slow to be in. Why is he in the middle on them third down plays instead of Roquan Smith? Why do, why do they have him trying to cover that tight end like that? I kept, they was going to run that tight end past him every time. I mean, not knocking Danny's leadership and stuff, but I think he shouldn't be the man trying to cover that route. Well, he should, they should have had Roquan in. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I think they kind of caught him in some mismatches there, Lamont. Um, I thought it was some good play call in there with, with, with Detroit on the offensive side. But but I agree. I agree. I agree, though. Um, listen, Dane Trevathan, he's, he's a veteran now. He's not, he's not out there trying to cover young tight ends, especially – like the TJ Hawkinson, who's really, really good, probably on his way to a Pro Bowl. Yeah, he was looking good. Yeah, he, he did look good, and I think the defense did get better and better as you know the game went on. Now, now, now I, I will say this: you know, Kyle Fuller made, especially made that big interception that led led the Bears to that that game tying touchdown. But how much did you guys think this is coaching? Because yeah, granted, there were no preseason games, and yes, you know, you, we'll talk about the rest of the NFL in a bit, but. You know, not having, you know, game, you know, practices and stuff like that. Do you think – how big of a factor do you think that played? Well, for me personally, again, I mentioned it earlier, you know, just at the top of the show. I think it was a a bit of a big factor. Now, I'm not saying, we, you know, the NFL needs a four-game preseason. Uh, I was never on board with that either. But I think at least one to two games, I think, does help at least, you know, know, sort of um, hammer out communication issues. Because I, I, I kind of saw a bit of that, especially on the defensive side in yesterday. I think when you have um, inter-squad games and inter-squad practices in the preseason, I think you can kind of work some of those issues and kinks out. And I'm just not specifically talking about the Bears um, in this case. But, you know, again, I, I, I got a chance to watch a few games and see a few games and highlights and stuff, I thought. I thought a few teams looked a little bit rusty as far as their their flow, both offensively and defensively. So, um, uh, again, I think it was not a big factor, but a small factor. Yeah, the Bears couldn't – they never had a chance to practice against a fullback. That's why uh, – I don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that? They, I don't want to hear that, Lamont. Don't, don't get me. I can't help. They were getting ate up. No, and, and you know what? In, in that particular case, though, Lamont, that's that's more on Chuck Pagano than than not being able to practice against a fullback. That's that's we're talking about high school football here, okay? If you don't know how to stop an I an I form situation, you know that's that 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 goes back to in game adjustments with Chuck Pagano, at least in my opinion. I mean, you you're right. They looked like they couldn't. They had no clue what was coming. You're right, but I mean that, that you've got to make in in game adjustments for that. These, these are professional athletes. They. That I I don't I don't want to hear they didn't practice against an eye back I don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, one that, that well no and the whole thing like with adjustments with the adjustments you know it looks like Trubisky did better when they went when Detroit went man instead of you know they they went away from the zone which they you know which causes Trubisky to sort of confuse him and sort of you know overthrow his guys so that again those adjustments I think 
played a factor as well and also bad clock management on Detroit's part and look like I said before I'm going to keep saying it I mean look you're not going to get a cookie bears and bouquets for beating a lion for having to come back from 13 down to be a lion team that he probably should have beaten by 13. I mean let's let's be honest here I mean I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm here but say well wins a win well okay fine but again this was the lions they type of stuff three times last year they were up now, so it, it's we have crazy conversation next week we're gonna be mad at each other because what if they play the same way against the giants they're gonna lose oh no doubt well well they not only will they lose they'll probably get blown out yeah. and that's the point that's the point we're trying to make here you know it's, it's it's you need a full game you need a full consistent game from both sides of the ball yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's it's unfortunate there so it's trying to get back get back in with us so Anything else from the Giants? From I mean, from the, uh, from that Lions and the Bears game. From the from the Bears game that you guys, you know, tickled, you know, sort of, you know. I, I was happy. To... I, I was happy with Adrian Peterson, even though he was playing for the other team. I was happy to see him running. You know, I was because the way I feel like his career got interrupted. So I was happy to see him. I hated it was against us, but I was happy to see him do real good. Yeah, and you know what? Let's see if uh, let's see if AP can keep it going in his ad- in this advanced stage of his career. Um, I think he's only a few yards shy of uh, being fourth on the all-time rushing. Yeah. I know that's mm-hmm. something he wants to get to. So um, yeah, they showed it. They had showed the uh, they had showed the stats. So right. So 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 you know what what happens here from the Detroit Lions? You know, I mean, we talked about the Bears enough uh, as we sort of shift the talk to a more uh, broad NFL discussion. But, it, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for Detroit fans, even though I'm a Bear fan, because this is probably literally the same story from game one of last year. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the score, but they were up on Arizona in game one in the fourth yeah, quarter. Game. Yeah. It was a fixed game last year. There you go. There you go. And they allowed Arizona to come back and, uh, and win that game. So, again, I mean, uh, Matt Patricia is – his seat is getting hotter and hotter and hotter. I know the Lions didn't have some of their key players. I know that, but uh, you know they're they're supposed to win that game. And, and again, you, I, I hate we didn't get a chance to see that rookie play. I want to see that cornerback. They number uh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I can't think of his name right now, but um, Ohio State boy. That, that, uh, right. Yeah, I know yeah, you talked about too. I want to see him play. So I was a little disappointed at that, but we get another shot at the Lions, and hopefully. That'll be another great game for Mitch if he's around and Anthony Miller. Yep. <laughs> okay, so okay, here come okay, here comes Sid. We'll try one more time with Sid. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully his connection is back in. I mean, listen, there were some very uh entertaining games and oh there he is. Can you hear us, Sid? Yeah, I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yay. Okay. So, finally, Miley, say, give us your thoughts on the Bears-Lions game yesterday. Well, uh, hopefully it doesn't crap out, but I'll make it quick. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky was just like my Wi-Fi. You crapped down in the first half. In the second half, <laughs> in the, in the second half, Trubisky came through, especially in that fourth quarter, 8 of 10, three touchdowns, 21 unanswered points. That first half, Trubisky did not look good. Uh, he was um, – overthrowing guys, especially on that fourth down play to take it, Junior, he threw right behind them. And I believe Walker uh, of the defensive back of the Lions almost picked it off. So yep. 
Trubisky yep. was inconsistent in the first half. Now in the second half, like I mentioned, he started to turn around, turn it around a little bit. Actually, starting to go down the field a little bit. I don't know if you guys paid attention to John DeVilma, who's a new analyst for Fox. He uh, stressed like specifically that that Trubisky needed to go downfield, and they, that's exactly what he did in that second half. And he finally decided to use his tight end, Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham had a ball he should have caught in the first half, but in the second half he got a touchdown. He should have got two touchdowns, but that's all the, another issue. But Trubisky did redeem himself yesterday. He did not have the greatest performance, but came up big when he needed most. What about the defense? The defense has a lot of work to do. I'm not going to sit here and say that the defense is the worst in the league because I'm not going to go there. We know the potential of this group. Like you mentioned, Lakino, on our last podcast over the weekend, Adrian Peterson likes to do damage, especially against the Bears. He did that yesterday with his first run, 13 yards. He ended up around 86, 88 yards, total rushing yards for the game. That needs work. Of course, that you can partially attribute that to – Eddie Goldman not playing this year due to COVID. And number two, you can, uh, you can attribute that to also coaching as well because uh, they didn't have a scheme to stop the run. You notice when Adrian Peterson ran, the fullback was in front of him, and then the offensive line uh, uh, block schemed very well. And Adrian Peterson almost went untouched for, for the first, like, six, seven yards of his run. So the Bears' run defense has a lot of work to do, not to jump ahead a little bit, but – if you if your run defense plays like that against the Lions, what what do you think that Saquon Barkley is going to do against you next week at home? <laughs> Despite what Barkley does tonight against the against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting. So we'll have time to talk about that in a little bit. But let's talk about the NFL as a whole. Um, there are some very interesting results yesterday. I'm going to start with. Sid, uh, Sid, Lamont, I think you, I think you, the three of us, had the Cardinals. Yes. The yes. Look, look, we've been saying before that Cardinals team—they've improved a lot. You know, they still got a lot to do in the defense, especially that front seven. But they have shored that up. But they made some big plays late, and you yeah. Know, I, I, I think, look, I'm not gonna sit here and say they're gonna win the division. I think that's Seattle's, but they could be right there for a wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, because you, you look at – you got Adrian – you got uh, Larry Fitzgerald and that Hopkins boy. Like, you got two of the players that complement each other so well. So, I think that's going to be hard for a lot of teams. Uh, look at that, that game yesterday with Arizona and San Francisco. Uh, Arizona, if you look at their performance in that first half, besides uh, uh, letting that long touchdown run uh, with Raheem Mostert, yeah. and there was also another player as well, because I watched the whole game in, in its entirety via my computer. But but besides those couple of plays in the missed field goal, Arizona outplayed San Francisco in that first half. They were tackling guys. They were um, knocking down passes. And Kyler Murray – despite the one turnover that he had, which was totally not his follows off of the deflection. Uh, he played very well. DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, Lamont, he came ready to play yesterday, and he made a big impact in the passing game. Also, look at the running game for the Cardinals. King yes. Drake, I know he, uh, he scored a touchdown late, but Chase Edmonds is really what makes that uh, passing game from the running back to position go. So 
I, 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 I like Arizona. That's one of the reasons why I picked it for the upset over the weekend. San Francisco, like I said before, their, their defense is still going to be good. I know they have three new pieces, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be more on his shoulders this year. If, if you watch that Super Bowl, especially in the fourth quarter last year, if that's going to tell you what this 2020 season is going to look like from him, the 49 is in a whole lot of trouble. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I did I did pick the Niners. Yeah, 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 go ahead, give it to me. Um, but I, I thought it was a close game, and the game kind of went exactly how I figured it would. Um, we're all very high on Arizona, though. I know we, we, at least in talks, you know, before the season started and all that, so I'm, I'm not surprised that they were able to pull it out. Um, the, the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I think, is just going to be that much more um, positive to Murray's uh, development and success. I think they've got an underrated defense that's coming along as well. And and listen, Arizona's a hot pick. I mean, I think, I think I and I wish I was there to do the divisional previews with you guys. But um, I think we all think that the NFC West is going to be a bit of a gauntlet um, with Seattle and and, and um, the Rams, of course, who who were able to with some luck have to get a win on opening night as well. But um, it's going to be tough in that NFC West. So I think you're going you you could potentially see a lot of these close type games. Um, that are that are really entertaining. And um, again, big up to Arizona on getting off to a good start. All right. So what what other games? Sort of like look look at kind of what we did like last season. You know, studs and duds, and you know, like, like y'all still talking about games. You know, I, I can't let y'all get away without giving praise and props to the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> you, you, you know, the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, and they gonna do what they do. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to make a big difference before this year is all over. And them having Emmanuel Sanders going to make big dividends in the end. That might help us a lot. I'll go next. The, the Washington football team, they upset the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. If you listen to our last pro, uh, podcast, Myself, along with, with Lakina, we talked about the Washington football team's front seven. They are underrated. They're one of the best young defensive lines in the league. They sat Carson Wentz eight times yesterday. And the running game was non-existent for Philadelphia. Yes, Carson Wentz used the tight ends early, but their lack of, uh, of a stud wide receiver uh, is noticeably missing. I know Deshaun Jackson is healthy, but he only played six plays in the second half, and he said on Twitter yesterday that he wasn't hurt. Something's going on right there, but give credit to Dwayne Haskins and the Washington football team and their their defense. They're they're my stud from Sunday. So uh, yeah, definitely like Washington. Listen, um, I think Minshew Mania is still in full effect in Jacksonville. I've got to give them credit for the comeback uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, led by Philip Rivers, who still looked a lot like Philip Rivers. Yes, he did. Philip Rivers throwing a couple of a uh, couple of disappointing picks late in the game uh, to help the Jaguars get back into it. But listen, Gardner Minshew had a good game. Um, again, you know he's he's not surrounded with the best talent down there in Jacksonville. I know you guys have talked about how they're trading away the farm. They're they're basically wanting the team to go winless this year. Um, but wasn't he ninety five percent? Wasn't his? Wasn't he ninety? Wasn't he nineteen out of twenty or something? Right. Yep, just gonna say nineteen out of twenty. I think he was. I think it was the, the yards weren't weren't superb. I think it was like one hundred ninety five yards. But listen, nineteen out of twenty, three touchdowns. I mean, what 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 really? What else more do you want from your quarterback? And uh, again, the Jaguars get their season off to a good start with the win. And, and, 
And before y'all go, a uh, shout out to Cam too. Cam Newton went to New England mm -hmm. and, and changed the way they look. And if he can stay healthy, I think it's going to be some problems for Buffalo going down the stretch. Okay, so this really, this sort of like pains me, but I figured that this would happen and I shouldn't, we should have known that this was going to happen when we did our picks. Aaron Rodgers threw for 364 yards and four TDs. Okay, now, now granted, okay, the Vikings didn't have Neil Hunter. That growing has been bothering him the last couple of weeks, but can we give the Packers their props? I mean, they were able to no. out-gain out and out-maneuver. You know, maneuver. You know, Aaron Jones did some, did some of his, his, stuff, his stuff as well. But, you know, I think – I guess Aaron Rodgers – I guess he was hearing it all season once, you know, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, didn't really give him any help receiver-wise. I mean, they, Devontae Adams had, like, a couple of those touchdown catches. But, uh, yeah, can we give the Packers some love? I know it, it pays me to do that. But <laughs> I'll get Aaron Rodgers – I ain't giving the Packers some love. I get Aaron Rodgers some. Just Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, and also, I got, uh, I got. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Sid. Okay, I, I got another stud uh, before we go to our duds. Uh, Jalen Johnson, the rookie uh, defensive back from Utah for the Bears yesterday. Yeah, he yeah. did look like a rookie uh, in some spots, but he he came up with some big plays at the end, including the last play of the game, knocking the ball down and to secure that win for Chicago. Uh, I'm giving him my stud. Yeah, I, I had mentioned it a little earlier in the show. Uh, you were still kind of coming in and out, Sid. But, yeah, I mentioned it as well. Listen, Jalen Johnson, he, you know, he looked like a rookie, you know, in that first half. But that second half, he really made some some really big plays. And he was tight on his coverage. I mean, he was right on uh, those receivers' hips throughout most of the game. Again, I think you saw a couple of rookie mistakes, right? But, uh, listen, so, good on that pick, for sure. So, the, the Bears got two good cornerbacks now, then, right? And they got Khalil Mack then, right? We shouldn't struggle. With, we shouldn't struggle with the Lions, and we shouldn't struggle with the Giants if we got a defense like that. Bonus, bonus, um, bonus, bonus uh, stuff for me. Lamar Jackson, two hundred seventy-six, seventy-five yards, three touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins in his debut got three touchdown rushing touchdowns, and. I think the Ravens mean business, guys. We've said it before. They feel like they were sort of, you know, sort of an afterthought last year. Their defense actually, you know, s slowed them down. I know that's not the defense from the last couple of years for the Browns, but that's, that's a pretty good start if you're the Ravens. Can't have a better start than that. What did y'all – what did y'all – Joe Burrow. Pretty solid. I, look, he, look I, I watched a little bit of that game against the Chargers – AJ Green, that offers a pass interference. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was sort of like kind of a desire. But look, look, I mean, look, yeah, look, Burrow had an interception, but you know he, he looks good. So you know, look, mistakes, and that and that's fine. I don't know that he was very mobile like that. Watching him for a little bit at LSU, he had he didn't have to run like Michael Vick too much, but uh, he showed his legs a little bit yesterday. Now, if you're Cincinnati, you don't want him to do that all the time, and you definitely don't want him to do that if you have a bad offensive line. But I thought, looking at his numbers, I thought he did okay. Cincinnati was really in control of that game until yeah. the fourth quarter, so not too bad for Joe Burrow. He still yeah. has some gore pains just like everybody else, but I think he's going to be okay. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Duds. Uh, can I go I'll start off with oh, no, oh, okay. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, <laughs> Go ahead, Tate. Okay, I'll start off first. Um, watching at the beginning of that 
uh, Packers-Vikings game via my computer. Um, the national <laughs> anthem, of course, um, many teams decided not, not to uh, come out on, on the field, and I, we, we respect that whether you agree with it or not. But the Green Bay Packers stayed in the locker room, and guess who did the national anthem? Ooh. I know most of you guys didn't see it. Who? The sounds of blackness from Minneapolis, Minnesota. For you young kids that don't know, they had you know kids that like the optimistic and a couple yeah. other hits that I'm not thinking about. Shout out Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis Terry for producing and bringing up the mainstream. Shout oh, out yeah. Ann Nesby as well. But yeah. don't you disrespect the sounds of blackness. Yeah. You stand <laughs> out there and, and listen to those beautiful voices singing harmony dead, okay? <laughs> That's all I got to say. I know most of America didn't didn't uh, see it because you're watching other games via Fox, but I just wanted to point that out. You show your respect for the hometown favorite sounds of blackness. The Vikings did it. If you're the Packers, that's just so total disrespect. (laughs) I had to get that out. (laughs) I had to get that out. (laughs) Go ahead, Jason. So. um, (laughs) He has to expose himself. We were just talking about Lamar Jackson and how good the Ravens looked, right? And you guys know this is one of my favorite teams to talk about. Um, I, I, I feel bad for Cleveland Brown fans. I, I, at this point, feel bad for Cleveland Brown fans. Um, a couple of observations from that game really quick. In the first quarter, I believe, they tried to do a fake punt from their own 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say, that did not work. Yeah. Also, in the first, not, not only the first quarter, the first drive of the game, I should have started with this. The first drive of the game, your guys' boy, Baker Mayfield, throws a pick on the first <laughs> drive. <of> the <laughs> not Cooper, man. Now don't talk about Mr. Baker. Uh, one more observation in that game. At, at also at one point, I think it was in the second half. I think I can't really remember, but there there was a down and distance of a third and forty one. Now that's almost half the length of the entire football field. It's got to be the most Cleveland Brown down and distance that there could ever be in the NFL. Um. They're on their third coach in three years. They have Pro Bowl talent across their roster. But I'm going to throw it out there right now. They're probably not going to win more than four games this year because they're just a horrible team and franchise. Mm. Uh, So OBJ OBJ and Lawson is what you're saying? Three catches, 22 yards, I believe, were his stats. Lamont, there's your answer. Ah. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lamont, who are your duds? Well, uh, as a team, I was gonna go with Cleveland also, but as a player, just one dumb person for the day, the Jamie Collins brother, the, the oh. Detroit. What what was he really thinking at that time, or was he caught up in the moment? Like, which one was it? <laughs> How dumb can you be, be, be? I can't believe he actually thought he was going to get away with that, too. Like, really? You had run the ref in this stuff. Did you really think you were going to get away with that? Come on, dude. I won that much. <laughs> oh, look, look, he's going to get, he's gonna get a, a little email from him saying he's been fined this oh, amount yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Dutch for me, the Philadelphia. What the hell happened? You guys gave up eight sacks. That front line. Oh my gosh! What? 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 Really? That front line. Washington can be scary in about a year. Washington oh, yeah. hurt some people. Washington, front, they rough. Yeah, that look. I mean, look. We said it before. We said it before we were doing our previews. I mean, that front seven for Washington is actually one of the probably uh -huh. one of the most underrated uh, spots for them. So. I'm not surprised they were able to pull out, but come on. I mean, they 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 threw Carson Wentz around like a rag doll. I mean, what the what the hell happened? Oh, <laughs> come on. It's crazy. Uh, I got I got I got an honorable mention. What's, what, what, what's up with Brady and Gronk? Why he wasn't what did there was Gronk hurt or what was what what y'all think happened with that? Well, I, I, I think the same defense is actually pretty good, uh Lamont. Um huh. I agree. I, I think they got one of the best units in the NFL. <laughs> Um, I also think that's the combination of Rob Gronkowski not playing football for a year. Uh, okay. I also think that, again, is a combination of a bit of rust issues, you know, with Gronkowski, with the, with the offense of, uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was real up and down uh, for the Bucs. I'm not too worried about that, though. Um, but I, my honorable mention I, for, for gut of the week um, – also one of my favorite people to talk about in the NFL currently is Mr. Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> we still picking on Adam Gase, man. Well He deserves, he deserves it though. Picked on. He deserves it. These are the ones. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> he deserves to be picked on. He's gonna get his franchise running back killed. He's gonna get him hurt, seriously. And I don't even I mean, I mean, I heard his comments after the game. Like, I heard him read him, you know, about his, his whack justification for trying to put him back in the game. But there is no justification for it. Like, they're, they're, just, they're, they're, they're just in it. And if you want to be even halfway competitive, um, you need all the players you can get. And Le'Veon Bell is probably your best player. And you're jeopardizing, you know, the, his future, the team's future, and more than likely your future. He's probably not going to be finished the season with the Jets. No. Nah. <laughs> oh, I doubtful. It's doubtful. Yeah. I, I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think. He'll yeah, do I got a, I got a bonus dud for you guys. Um, but but before then, this is for you, Lamont. Don't worry about it. Adam Gase is gonna get his uh pink slip and his link card at the end of the season when they don't six and ten again. So I'll leave it at that. We giving out pink. Look, it's it's week one and we giving out pink slips and link cards. <laughs> But uh, my bonus dud is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they had a chance to come back in, in the fourth quarter to win that game against the L.A. Rams last night. Uh, you, it's debatable uh, if Michael Gallup and Jalen Ramsey were interfering with each other. Both of them were going uh, patty cake back and forth. But it should have had to come down to that play. Uh, you were running the ball okay with Ezekiel Elliott, who scored two first-half touchdowns. It's just something about that Dallas offense. Like when they get on the roll, they stay on track. But uh, sometimes it's inconsistent. The Rams defense, outside of Aaron Donald, okay, former Barry Leonard Floyd showed up a couple of times last you night. That? That, 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 that Rams defense, outside of those two players, they're not really impressive. And Dallas still had a chance to pull out that win. And the, I, like, I'm not going to give out any pink slips for that team, but. I'm really disappointed in them last night. <laughs> yeah, they they were right there for me too. Um, real quick for these two Monday nighters, you got first up, you got the Steelers and the Giants. Where do you guys see that game? Steelers by ten. 
Well, well, for fantasy purposes, um, I, I need the Steelers probably by about 10 or 14 as well, Lamont. I've got uh, Juju and Big Ben starting tonight, so I need a big game from them. I think that'll happen. I also have the Steelers in this game tonight. The young defense, as we mentioned before, it grew up before our eyes last season when they didn't have a starting quarterback. For the Giants, that secondary is terrible. Hopefully, Big Ben can take advantage uh, of, of that problem. And as far as the other Monday night game, I'll, I, I picked Denver. I'll stick with that. But I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I want to see if uh, Tennessee can can have a balanced offense. We all, we all know that Derrick Henry is, is going to run the ball. But if he gets shut down, uh, will the game be placed on Ryan Tannehill's hands? And if it does, can he come through? I don't know if he can. On that second game, you know, I got I got another distant relative in the league, so I got to go with Denver. Even though he may not make it on the field, but uh, uh, number 75, Denver Broncos, Lloyd Kissenberry. It's a relative, so I'm going with Denver out of that, and I don't believe in Tennessee. I didn't believe in Tennessee last year. I think they just got hot with a good running back. I think that money, money tends to change people sometimes. And I'm wondering, and I'm hoping it doesn't change him, but we'll see. I, I say, I say the ball. Yeah, I'm looking for the next step to be taken with that Tennessee offense uh, in the passing game. Um, I think they've got the talent to do it. I'm looking for another step taken from A.J. Brown. Um, I, I, I think Tennessee is still going to be good. Um, I don't know if they're going to be, you know, AFC championship or, you know, division around good again. Like you said, Lamont, they kind of got hot at the right time. Um, but I, 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 well, I, I think Denver's at home, right? Yeah, then Denver's at home. I, I think Denver may surprise some people in that AFC West. Again, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, kind of upset with myself that I missed these divisional previews. But um, I think Drew, I think they may have something in Drew Locke. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think Denver's going to win this game in a close one. Uh, NFL, uh, for week one. Yeah, I, I think we lost our audio. Oh. Okay. I, I just want to give a, a couple of uh, quick studs uh, going back a little bit, watching other games from around the league yesterday. Charles Davis now with CBS Sports. He's part of the number two team with Iron Eagle. A few minutes that I did get a chance to watch them. They do sound well together. I think they're going to be a, a, a great broadcast, whatever games that they do from here on out for CBS so I, they're going to be great. And Adam Amin, Chicago's very young. He's the new announcer also for the Chicago Bulls television-wise. He did the game with Mark Schlereth yesterday. That was the Seattle-Atlanta game. That was one of the early games for Fox. They really sounded well together as well. I know they had some uh, light, humorous things to say to each other back and forth. But uh, I thought that uh, new announcing team sounded great as well. How did you like Jonathan Bill, uh, Sid? Oh, he didn't sound too bad. I know he had to carry Dick Stockton for a while, but a while. But. He had to carry him for a while. Okay, okay. Dick was like, uh, so wait a minute. Yeah. So wait a minute. But 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 here's the thing about these guys, right? Like we we know this. So Fox has to know this, right? Dick Stockton, bless his heart, but he has been bad for years. He's been bad for years. Like I, I'm, I'm I'm I mean, can they can they not? Can they find a way to ease him, like, into the next chapter of his career? Because he like the mascot now, though. You know, he like the last of the Mohicans for him. 
I, I mean, I guess, but I literally remember Dick Stockton in like the first NFL Fox NFL broadcast. I mean, he he's 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 done, and he's been done for years. And I love Jonathan Billman. I, I thought uh, uh, you said it correctly. He carried Dick Stockton most of that broadcast. But I mean, Dick, but bless his heart, he's got to go. And it, it, he sound he sounded Stockton sounded so confused when he'd be like, "Yeah, he was running that seven route, or he was running the out with the in," and Dick Stockton was like. Uh, <laughs> he threw it off. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, you remember the circumstances, though, because Kenny Albert has been doing that game with him. Mm -hmm. He got held bad because he's, you know, he's been in Canada doing NHL, so that's why I guess the NFL told him that okay, you got to be quarantined for a couple of weeks, even though, okay. he bubble, even though he was in a bubble. So that's how that ended up happening. So. But look, I thought, look, I thought Josh Bowman sounded kind of fine. I thought, you know, back to your point on CBS, IU and Charles, Charles Davis, I think they're going to be great together. So, look, I think, you know, listen, I think what I think what I think Kenny will, will make Josh Bowman, but I think they'll they'll be good together. I think he we will be able to do mm -hmm. Sunday's games, whoever they'll they'll be doing. So, I want I want to ask you guys real quick, Jason and Lamont in particular. Uh, we, me and Lakina brought this up on our last podcast. Uh, the Fox uh, were going to do virtual fans, but they only selected one game to do it, and that was for the Bears and Lions game yesterday. I want to get you guys' thoughts about that. Did you care for the virtual fans, or or the, did you like it? Did you care for it, or just roll your eyes and say, uh, I, I can give, you know, what either way? Well, uh, well you know, I've been participating in virtual fans for about a month now. You know, uh, the WWE has done it for like the last month. Since they moved all of their things to the Amway Center, they got this thing called the Thunderdome that they do, and they have virtual fans. And the problem that they've been having is that fans putting up signs and different things of people that they, they don't want to see or putting up stuff that they shouldn't put up. But other than that, it has helped the wrestling product out a lot because it actually gives it a live feel because they are literally celebrating and watching at the same time. So I'm actually a fan of it. Like, and if it's something that we can log in to do it, I will do it like I do it with the wrestling. Yeah. So, as far as the Bears game yesterday, Lamont, did you uh, care for it or not? I mean, it was okay. You know, and I, I don't, okay. and I don't ask y'all this also. If other teams are letting what sixteen thousand in or something, what? Because Kansas City sounded loud the other night when they had yeah. their building. I don't see why Chicago can't let in 16,000 in the cold. Yeah, I know Jacksonville did it too yesterday for their home opener against the Colts. They let about 15,000, 16,000 in as well. Jason, I want to get your thoughts about virtual fans for the Bears-Lions game from yesterday. So, honestly, I, I will say this. As far as the virtual fans, I'm, I'm, I'm probably I, – I would admit that I probably missed some shots that they may have shown. Um, because I don't really recall seeing a whole lot of the virtual fans. What I will, what I did notice, and I thought was really well done, at least in my opinion, um, was the was the audio, the stadium audio. I thought that was really well done by you know the, the audio team out there in in, in Detroit. Um, yeah, that gave it more of a game you know experience, game feel than than more so the virtual fans. Again, I, I kind of didn't notice. Maybe I'm just missed the shots that they took when I, when they were taking them. I don't, I don't know. I can't recall seeing any of them in that particular game. But um, 
Yeah, that, that just yeah. a really, really quick touch on it. I, I know that's that's part of the concern LeBron had mentioned is that fans putting up stuff that you know there's objectionable material. But um, I didn't notice, like I said, the virtual fans, but the the audio, the crowd, I was really well done. How do y'all yeah. feel about people going back? I mean, how you feel about the sixteen thousand or so going in? I think that it will work. And it, obviously, it depends on uh, each state's uh, guidelines and uh, if they meet the positivity rate of the, of the slowing down the coronavirus. Me personally, selfishly, I'd like to see uh, Governor J.B. Prisker and Mayor Lori Lightfoot allow that right now. But I know it doesn't work that way like a snap of a finger. But when these stadiums hopefully open back up and hopefully open back up soon, it's going to be a limited capacity anyway. So if you allow between 16,000 and 20,000, uh, it should work. Uh, like you mentioned before, Lamont, uh, in Kansas City uh, this past Thursday, most of those fans were spread it out throughout the first level in the upper deck as well. This is where it's going to have to be done. And me and Lakina and you, uh, you as well, Jason, we talked about it for, for the months leading up to this, that if fans were allowed back in, uh, it, everybody's not going to come in right away. So you look at what happened in Jacksonville yesterday, Oh, no, we lost it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll just pick up what, what he said about the, sure. uh, the Jaguars and stuff like that. It's going to be weird, though, because there are going to be some states where you're going to be seeing people, but about 15,000, 16,000. But then again, you know, here in Chicago, you're not going to see any. I mean, it was weird seeing in New Orleans and the Superdome and no one there. That was yeah. weird. <laughs> so, I, I mean. But they had a heck of a party on the street. You should have oh, seen the outside. Oh, Bourbon oh, Street. You know, Bourbon Street has been full, period. Even with the restrictions, somehow Bourbon Street has remained open and relatively full. <laughs> that sounds about right, I guess. Uh, yeah, you, you know that you know how they is, man. It, it, it's insane. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with, with all of that because, you know, it was weird in some spots, but – if that's just how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. I mean, unfortunately, that's just the new world we're living in. Detroit had, Detroit had some fans in the upper stands. They had them all in all of those people that played in those championship banners that they had up. They had them sitting in the upper decks in their shirts. They had on blue shirts. One of them had on dark blue. The other ones had on light blue. Well, they were some virtual fans. Oh, they, that was the virtual people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well, yeah, they was that was pretty nice there. All right, so uh, guys, you want to take like a couple of minutes break to kind of stretch and sort of, you know, do what you need to do. So we'll come back and we'll talk some, you know, uh, some history that was made last night for the Cubs. And also, yeah. White Sox now have the best record in the AL. And yes. Woohoo! <laughs> I know yes. that makes it happy. And also, college football, we'll see how that looks. And also, the NBA playoffs. Are the Clippers in trouble? So for Jason, Sid, and Lamont, I'm Lakina. And we'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. All right. Zoom style. Zoom, 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 zoom. zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little sneaky there. <laughs> a little bit. All right, folks. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Zoom. <laughs> so, 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 so. <laughs> uh, the you used to work there, right? Oh, I'm saying, used to work on that. 
We'll work on that. Uh, I'm, let's get on with Keena McGee. You follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. And you can follow your truly Sid Kid 80 on Twitter and Instagram at Sid Kid 80. Once again, at Sid Kid 80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow this show, Second City Sports, on, from War on Anger. And, you know, wherever you download your podcast, you just simply go on, to, uh, uh, on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your podcast, just search for War on Anchor. Also, we on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app and search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can access this lovely program. And I'm Lamont, and you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook and Lamont69 on Instagram, on Twitter, Vito6969. And I am Jason Pfeiffer. Just made it back in time. You can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. All right, guys. So a uh, lot to get to today in the second second hour. So let's start with baseball. Some history was made with the Cubs. Alec Mills, who was actually a walk on over at Tennessee Martin a few years ago, but you know he he I think he became All Conference, and now he has a no hitter. So. Jason, oh, you were excited. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, gosh. That was you, Jason. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, listen, yeah, I mean, um, it's certainly, I think, something to brag about that the two no-hitters uh, in baseball this season have been thrown by Chicago players. So, uh, of course, I'm referring to Lucas Giolito throwing the first no-hitter. Alec Mills gets the second one. And, um, like you, you know, you – you love stories like this, right? Uh, again, like you alluded to, Lakina, college walk-on, uh, becomes an all-conference player, you know, sort of a, what I call, like a, a shuffle or a fringe player, um, has made multiple appearances in the big leagues, but could get shit down to the minors and has made a few trips like that throughout his career, um, has made the starting squad gates for this shortened 60-game season for the Cubs, and, um, you know, been up and down, Pretty good start. I think he won. I think he went like two and one, three and one. First couple of starts, four starts there. Um, you know, had a, had a couple of bad outings, but came back in this in this last one and uh, took advantage of a of a offense this year and made the most of it. So congratulations to him. Yeah, uh, I actually I'm proud of him. Like a couple of games ago, I think he struck out like five or six. Everybody right before he went on that losing streak. He had a really, really good game, and his his stuff moves really well. Like his, his his stuff moves really well. So I was like, hmm. And remember, they was talking about should we bring Quintana back because he was doing so well, and should we drop Chapman or what should we do? Actually, he looked like if he can give me two or three more outings like that, I would want to keep him in that rotation. And I was thinking when when he threw that no hitter yesterday, all I was thinking was that. This would be the season where both Chicago teams make the World Series and we can't go to the World Series. I said that that was like, you know, just pain ran through my body. When, when everybody was celebrating the no-hitter, I was thinking like, we can't even go see the World Series when they meet each other. And I felt like so bad at that moment. But otherwise, man, history, I love history in my city. So I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, congratulations to him for throwing that no-hitter yesterday. I actually caught it 
uh, the last two innings after I get in a notification on my phone. Thank goodness the Bears game was already already done and yeah. completed. Um, watching that ninth, ninth inning, Jim Deshays, Jim Deshays, the, the TV analyst for the Cubs. Uh, I thought that Bert got squeezed on a couple of calls, and, it, and actually, Jim Deshays actually agreed with me, but he persevered through it, 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 through the key pitches at the right time. Those Milwaukee hitters were off balance from the fifth inning on. And so those things, are, I can only imagine, they are very hard to do. And so uh, the Cubs defense was on point yesterday. Javi Baez made, made the final out, and you just got to give it up to him. And uh, like you said, Lamont, uh, uh, actually, Lakina brought this up a few weeks ago. Wouldn't it be something if the Cubs and the Sox did, uh, did meet up in the World Series, but we as fans cannot go. Uh, whoever, uh, Whichever team loses, uh, they'll just have to throw wherever old items in their house in front of the TV or something. I don't know. But wouldn't this just be crazy just to wrap up the sports year in 2020? I'm just saying. It would be fitting, right? Well, no, what happened? <laughs> one of them, the other one out of the playoffs, no, they play each other at the end of the season. Right. Yeah, and in a couple weeks. Yep. Out of the playoffs, that will just intensify the north side, south side rivalry forever if that happens. I don't, yeah, and well, also too, I think they for the confidence wise for the team. I mean, they lost the tough one on Friday. They were able to come back. You know, Jason Hayward hit that big two, two run home run off Hater because who was unhittable. He having a great year too. I love Jason Hayward, even though he just took a lot of money from us. But I like Jason Hayward as just a person to have on your team. And all, and, and that, that's true. And also they had this great gem, you know, with Alec Mills. Also the offense looked really good yesterday too. So I, overall, I think confidence-wise, I think you got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Cubs fan. And also too, everyone else in your division has lost. So that's why you're able to kind of have to have to keep that healthy lead. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in such a unique situation like this, again, it's, it's all about just winning the games you can, you know, no matter how, no matter how you can win them. Um, you know, I know some detractors of, of the Cubs will say, well, you know, they, they're, they're, their division is not really good. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals, they've been, you know, hobbled by, by the coronavirus and they've had to play a lot of double hitters. And that's true. That's all well and true. But again, this is, you know, you, you can't fault the schedule here, folks. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, the Cubs are, are right where they are. Um, they're a good team. They're not great. Um, they can get great. They've got a couple weeks to do it. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, but, you know, they, they've really got to shore some things up. I'm still concerned about John Lester, even though he had a, a hell of a performance. I think that was the Saturday <coughs> night game, Friday, Saturday night game, can't remember. Um, yeah. You know, lost, lost a tough one, won nothing there. Um, you know, had a bounce back performance. But overall, I am still very, very, very concerned about John Lester. Um, it doesn't look like Quintana or Chatwood will be back for the stretch run. I'm just not sure. I'm, I haven't been hearing a whole lot about their, the status of their injuries. Um, so they, they, they need some arm help. And, and if Alec Mills has, you know, quote, unquote, turned the corner, um, it'll be that much of a, of a great sign because they're going to need somebody behind you, Darvish and Kyle Hendricks. Um, I mean, I can't, they're, they're, you know, if, if you've got a problem with you, Darvish, this year, you, you're just not watching baseball. Um, and and we, I kind of predicted this come, you know, coming off of his second half last year, uh, but he has been lights out. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Uh, Kyle Hendricks has been Kyle Hendricks. I know he, you know, he struggled, um, I think, the start before last. He struggled a little bit, but I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. He's, he's going to do what he's going to do. So they're going to need a third guy. And if Alec Mills can step up and be that guy, then that'll be great. 
You know what I think changed you, Darvis, man? I think when the, when the whole scandal came out and he realized that it wasn't him that had messed all those games up in L.A., I think that changed his whole psyche. I mean, I, I mean, I think it just – I know that seems really minute and that, like, okay, but I think that's what did it. He realized it wasn't him that was making the mistakes and that he was really making his pitches. They just knew what his pitches were. So I think that's what changed you, Darvish. That's, you might you might be right there, Lamont. You, you just might. It's be. an interesting point. It's a very interesting point. That's yeah. You might be right about that. Um, going to the South Side, um, the White Sox swept the Detroit Tigers, doing what you're supposed to do, being a team that's you're you're better than. And now they're in first place. They have the they're just ahead of the Rays and the and the A's for top record in the American League. Sid, I'll start with you. What, what do you think about your White Sox at this point as we go into like the last couple of weeks of this crazy season? Uh, Jose Abreu has been on fire. Uh, if he's not your front runner for American League MVP, I don't know who is. Uh, we're going back to Oakland, Matt Chapman, uh, that's a huge injury for that team. Uh, as I told uh, people outside of here, if you're the White Sox, you don't want to face Oakland in the playoffs. Now you may have to face them, but uh, we'll talk about that down the road. Now, the White Sox, as you mentioned, Lakina, they did what they had to do in sweeping a bad Tigers team. The question is now, I've been asking this all season, are you that team that are going to take the next step? You did what you're supposed to do and beat, beat up the Sisters of the Poor like Detroit and Kansas City. Can you beat Cleveland? Can you beat Minnesota? Is, this is a big four-game series against Minnesota starting tonight. You have Dillacy's going tonight. You have Dane Dunning, I believe, go on Tuesday, and then Giolito on Wednesday. Thursday is not has not been announced as of this podcast. So you have the pitching to do it. I know Dallas Keiko is on the injury list for the moment, but you still should have enough to at least beat the Twins three out of four. I'm going to put the pressure on the Sox to beat the Twins three out of four. They should have taken two out of three at Target Field a couple of weeks ago, but that didn't happen. I'm putting the pressure on this team. To, to take at least three out of four. You shouldn't do worse than at least split this four-game series on the south side starting tonight. You know, I look at this series, and I, I was talking to someone else about it, as a grow-up series. This series mm -hmm. right here is the grow-up series. And I also, yeah. side note, think that this series may determine Renteria's job next year. Mm. I know it's way off and it's way thinking, but they may feel like he can't get them over that hump if he can't get them over these little humps going into next year because they know they have, quote, unquote, the talent almost to get through. So I'm not sure. I'm thinking – I think they need to they need to show that they can beat these teams for him to keep his job and for them to give them the confidence if they want to go forward in the playoffs. And as far as them, like, they have beaten, like you say, everybody they're supposed to beat, but they kind of – have not beaten those teams that they are used to losing to. You know, they've been losing to these teams for a very long time, and I think that's still in a lot of them head. But we're going to see, man. I'm, I'm definitely pulling. I mean, I, I, it's not – we can't use winning ugly no more because they used that already. So we call it hitting really hard and ugly or something. But we're going to do so. We're going to see, though. I'll, I will say this about the attitude of the White Sox. Unlike in years past, even though there were many players that had been up on, on the club, they were learning on the job. This year's group in particular, they had the confidence, they had the swag, and they had the attitude that they can beat anybody at any time. Now, we'll go back 
I can say this. They did beat the Cubs two out of three a few weeks ago uh, when they swept the Kansas City Royals. So they did respond there. Uh, like you said, Lamont, this is a grow-up series. They're one game ahead of the Twins for that. If you want to put distance between yourself and the Twins, you have to, like you said, grow up and take no worse than three out of four tonight. A split will be okay, but if you if you wanted to go to that next level, you have to take at least three out of four games here against the Twins. You have them in your own, in your own backyard. Minnesota, I know they're coming out of their struggles a little bit, but uh, you ha- you got them right where you want them. If you want to put this Central Division race to bed, you go beat Minnesota at least three out of four this week. Yeah, Sid and, and Lamont, I mean, you pretty much echoing my, my thoughts and sentiments about the, uh, the Sox this upcoming week. Um, and I was going to ask you before you brought it up, Sid, is, is this a three out of four type of series that you were looking for? And again, you started with that right off the bat. Um, they, they, I mean, you, you said everything I wanted to say. They've got the <laughs> uh, Dylan Keith starting it off tonight. And, and of course, uh, they got um, Dunning and Giolito on Wednesday. So this is a prime opportunity. And like the, the, the term Lamont used, it's a grow-up series, right? Um, we saw a little bit about this. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to draw the comparisons. I know some White Sox fans will, will groan when I say this, but you draw those comparisons to that 2015 Cubs team a little bit, right? When they were still just kind of up and coming and, and, and uh, surprising everybody a little bit because people thought that they were still a little, a little ways away as far as competing. They were a little early on the schedule. I see a lot of the same similarities with this White Sox team. And uh, they had a lot of those, a lot of those same series in that season to determine how far they were going to go. Those, those series against the Cardinals where they, they ended up being ultra competitive, especially coming down the stretch in the season. Some of those um, series with, you know, the, the, the Pirates who were still a good team back then, they were, these guys were going back and forth in these series. And, and I, again, I can't help but draw some of those comparisons. Um, it's, it's a big series. It's a big series. Now it doesn't, you know, it, you know, I, I don't want to jinx it, but if they come out and they sort of wet the bed here, um, it's, it's not the end of the world. Right. But uh, you definitely, this is sort of a litmus test type of series to really see where you're at, uh, coming into the home stretch of the season. It'll be very interesting though. Like, like you guys said, I mean, this is definitely sort of a kind of like a maker. Not, I don't think this is necessarily a make or break series for them, but I just think that, if you at least split it, then you can say, oh, you're right back where you were. You can think about what happens those last two weeks of the season. Because I think they face each other again, I think, one more time. So we'll see what happens there. And this is going to be exciting. And I look, I think look, Minnesota's won three in a row. So they're kind of coming off a nice little stretch as well. So this is going to be very interesting. Something's got to give here. We'll see. Think about baseball as a whole. If you look at the uh, the eight. No, go ahead. Who, who's that? Go ahead. I said, I hope it's not us that have to give. That's, all. that's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, we'll start in the AL East. These are kind of, you know, the sort of like a log jam here. It's like going to be between the Rays, the Jays, and the Yankees. So where do you guys see the AL East? I'll start. Can you imagine uh, the Yankees not making the playoffs? Boy, not at the start of the season. That was for sure, Lamont. Not at the start. You know, I don't know what they will do in New York if they if they don't make the playoffs. Like I think they would have to reevaluate their whole financial structure if they don't make the playoffs. I mean, the Yankees got a whole bunch of killers on their team that will demolish balls, but they tend to stay hurt and they rotate. It's like they rotate being hurt. Like mm-hmm. uh, you be yeah. two, uh, you go be hurt for two weeks. It's like it's almost pre-planned and. 
I don't want to say I would be a little bit like happy if they don't make the playoffs, but yeah, I'm actually rooting for like the smaller people. Like I want the, the, the Torontos and the Rays, you know, the Rays. I want people like, you know, the Jays, the Rays, people of those nature to make the playoffs and make them see that it's all about playing baseball and not buying baseball. Ooh. Okay. I, I'd be, I, I would be okay with that. Well, the, yeah, well, we the, should call them money ball. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, the way it's set up is that the Yankees will be able to get in, and I think I think with both Judge and um, Stanton, and yeah, and when Stanton coming back, I think that'll give them a nice little jolt that they need. So, well, well, for, for me, the more concerning part of it is, I mean, because listen, at at, at this point, you you've got to be used to Judge and Stanton getting hurt. I mean, I'm just I, I just have to put it out there. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, and but you know. You know, again, like I say, you've got to be used to it at this point. The more concerning part for me is Garrett Cole, who had a bounce-back performance in his last performance, but he was getting rocked uh, <laughs> in his last two or three starts. He was getting hit and hit hard. Um, so if they don't even have their ace at the top of the rotation, they are, they're not going to do anything. But I think that comes from that New York pressure. It's pressure. It's pressure when you're in all that money. It's not only the money, but now you got the New York media. You got that New yeah. York pressure. And if you look at it, if you go back, I mean, I haven't done the research. It might give me something to do tonight. And everybody that they sign for really big deals, do they be a little rocky that first year? I'm, I'm going to have to go take a look. But from my, you know, distant memory, I think it does take some time to adjust to that New York media. I remember, and I'm, I'm on, I don't want to date myself, but I remember when Dave Winfield first went to the Yankees. And he had a, he had a rough start at first. You know, it took them a minute to catch on with Dave Winfield. And then he eventually became Dave Winfield again. But, you know, that was a while ago. I don't know if y'all rock with Dave. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. But, oh, yeah, we love Dave Winfield. Yes. yes. Yeah, but he had a rocky start when he first went over there. So, you know, I think it's that whole New York atmosphere, and it takes some adjusting. But if Gary Cole, like you say, ain't right, then they don't stand a chance. Here's the thing about the Yankees. I know they, they had injuries throughout um, the course of the season. Last year, they were able to get away with it because they had much more depth. This year, not so much. Everything's in a hurry because of the shortened 60-game schedule. In their last five games, they were five. They scored 28 runs, and their starter ERA is, is at a buck 28. So the Yankees are starting to turn it around a little bit. And but that, that just like the White Sox, you beating up the sisters or the poor. I know Toronto's improved a little bit, but that's you beating up teams like Toronto and Baltimore, and in Boston. So, uh, like you guys say, you can't help but who's on your schedule. Now, going back to the Tampa Bay race for a minute, Lamont, I've been preaching just about all season and a little bit last year too. Uh, Tampa Bay. It, they're a bunch of no-name guys that just come through when they have to and give manager Kevin Cash credit um, for keeping that squad together. Now, uh, we'll get to Oakland in a little bit, but my new team, if you don't want – that you do not want to play in the playoffs, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. And talking about the Yankees for the last few minutes, they struggled against Tampa Bay this year. You know, those two are the division rivals in the AL East. And once you get into a bigger field in the playoffs, I do not want to face Tampa Bay. Interesting I agree. saying the, oh, the AL East. Uh, we talked about the Central, but I would say Cleveland might also still have something to say about that. Oh, yeah. Right there, mm-hmm. four and a half back. So they may have still have something to say about what happens in the AL Central. 
Now, speaking of Oakland, like you just said, uh, Matt Chapman is, is, I don't know if he's gone for the year, but he's going to be on the IL. So that's a big loss for them. He was one of the main reasons why Oakland's been able to get where they are. So that's a big problem. And I know the Astros, they're still right there, six and a half back. So what do you guys think about the West? Yeah, boy, I, I feel so bad for, for Oakland fans. Uh, I really do because, I, I you know, we, we've talked about it ever since last season. And the same thing with the Rays, uh, two up-and-coming teams in the American League, uh, teams that you wouldn't necessarily want to see in the playoffs, uh, terms that we've used before. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just so unfortunate. I, I, don't, I don't know the nature of the injury, um, but I just I hope he can get back as soon as possible. Uh, they'll need him as far as the Oakland A's go. Um, the Astros, I know they, you know, they had their, their much-hyped uh, series against the, the Dodgers over the weekend. Um, outside of that comeback game, I think that was on Saturday night. I think the uh, Dodgers took two, three out of four, two out of three. I uh, can't remember exactly. But they're, listen, they're, they're, they're a few games back from being right back in the middle of this thing as well. And they've had a, a slew of injuries as well, you know, obviously with Justin Verlander uh, going down. Um, you know, Jose Altuve on the IL, a few, uh, few other players. Um, George Springer wasn't playing well before he got hurt. Um, he's starting to turn it around now. So we'll see what happens with the Houston Astros going forward. But let's see. I think it's kind of all about now just to see if, if, if the A's can hang on. Because, again, you know, the, the Astros, are, again, they're just, just a few games away from being right back at the top of their division. And I think if it come down to a tight series with Oakland and Houston – like a two out of three to get in or something of that nature or the final series come to that, I would put my money on Houston, simply, especially if Chapman's not back. If Chapman's back, I'll ride with Oakland. But if he's not there and they have to face even an injured Houston team, I think Houston, just from their ways, wise, and experience, will overwhelm the young boys. I don't know if Houston can turn it around at this point. I know, like you said, Jason, that they're – a few games back, but I think Oakland may hang on to win that West. They had to have a monumental collapse between now and September 27th when the regular season ends, but <coughs> excuse me, I think Oakland will hang on, but Houston, you got to win, especially on the road. <laughs> they haven't done that. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the West. So going to the National League for a second in the East, Yet the Braves, you know, kind of run away with it a little bit, but I think they'll, they'll probably end up winning that division. Marlins and Phillies, you know, they have one more game tonight. So sort of Philly needs that to sort of split that series so they can be sort of right there on the cusp. Where do you guys see the NL East? Yeah, it, it looks like the Braves are going to hang on there. Um, I mean, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. is a future MVP candidate, if not one right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're dealing with a few injuries there in Atlanta, but they're starting to get healthy. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just about them. I don't, you know, we, we've talked about seeing some, some weird sort of um, surprising up-and-coming teams in this shortened season. Uh, the Miami Marlins still continue to be that. Um, at this point, they're in the playoffs, folks. I don't know if you guys know this, but if the season ended today, they are in. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle the next, you know, 14 days or so here. Um, Philly's trying to hang on. Um, they had gotten hot, you know, over the past week or so previous, but have sort of evened out. So we'll see what happens there with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. But it, it, to me, it's all about Atlanta and holding on to that lead. I'm, I'm going to say Atlanta, and I, because you, what you said, 
they got a future MVP, and I don't think he's going to let them lose it. I think he's going to rally them troops, and I think he's going to get them across that little hump. So I'm, I'm going to stick with Atlanta. Man. As I said for the last few weeks, the Atlanta Braves, this is their division to lose, and I think they're going to hang on. Philadelphia, as I said last week on the podcast, uh, they don't have enough starting pitching to uh, survive. And Jake Arrieta got roughed up a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just don't I just don't see it. Uh, the offense is inconsistent. I know Bryce Harper is having a sort of a bounce back here, but I just don't trust them uh, finishing up down the stretch. I know they had the issues with the Marlins this past weekend, but and I think they have the right manager in Joe Girardi for the job. I think they'll be better off next year. But as far as this season is concerned, it's going to be tough for them to finish out uh, for the division. But I don't know if they're even going to sneak in as a wild card. If they do make it to the playoffs, obviously it's going to be a wild card because Atlanta's just a, a, it's a class above the rest of everybody else in that division. We talked about the Central. Let's go West. The Dodgers, like they're kind of running away, but the Padres have won seven in a row. Where do you guys see the cent- – uh, I mean the West? So winning because the Padres just can't keep hitting home runs. <laughs> it can't keep. It's it's gonna stop eventually. It cannot continue. And I just believe maybe next year, but it will not continue this year. And if the Dodgers don't win, it's gonna be problems in L.A. Listen, you 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 guys know how I feel about the Los Angeles Dodgers. I've been saying this for going on four years now, Lakina, and you you know how I feel about L.A. Um, do it in the playoffs. Just do it in the playoffs. And I got nothing else to say about them. Um, so you, well, yeah, yeah. But uh, we, were, we were talking about earlier about the Oakland A's and a team that you might not want to see in the playoffs. Guess what? That's the San Diego Padres in the National League. Nobody yes, wants to see them. Nobody. Nobody at all. Um, because they, as, as of this point right now, they have no weaknesses in that lineup, apparently. Um, and if they get runners on, the next guy is going to hit the ball over the fence. So it, yeah. it, what I, what way, I love about what I'm seeing the offense is the fact that they are not wasting opportunities. Um, they, they, they're getting runners on, and they're getting them across the plate. And, again, that, that is a method for madness if you're an opposing pitcher in a playoff situation because that means you've got to be that much more on your game. Uh, the, I mean, the, the San Diego Padres are just, are, they're, they're just exciting. They're exciting to watch, and um, a young team, you know, and maybe a little early, too. But, again, you don't want to see them in the playoffs. Not that lineup. I certainly don't. No, me neither. I don't want them to play the Cubs. And it's a possibility. <laughs> that could happen. That could happen, too, yeah. the way it's set up. Yeah, that's, what I said. that's why I said it. I don't want them to play the Cubs. <laughs> Just like 1984 all over again, but that's no, a whole other issue. No, <laughs> no, Steve Garvey. Here's here's the thing about the Padres. Uh, You have a number one starter in Mike Clevenger who they picked up via trade at the trade deadline from Cleveland. That's what you need going into a a short playoff series. As I said before for the last few weeks, Fernando Tatis, he should be your leader for NL MVP. His cohort, Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, You need players like that to come up with key hits and key situations come playoff time. I agree with you, Lamont. You can hit all the home runs you want during the regular season, but when it gets to the playoffs, it's all about pitching, it's about timely hitting, but most importantly, it's about defense. If you don't have those three things, you're not going to advance, you're not going to win the World Series. So, like you said, Jason, 
They're, uh, San Diego is a good team. I do not want to play them if they're clicking on all cylinders. I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing. I'm not counting them out, but that could be a, a scary team. And uh, another thing, of, uh, as I call Lamont on the sneak, sneak tip, if the Dodgers don't win this year, you'll be the first person to give um, D- uh, Dave Roberts his pink slip and his link card. And his link card. And his link card. <laughs> oh, my God. They got too much over there. And you know what I was hoping with the Dodgers? Mookie Betts can actually change the Dodgers' culture, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He has already. If they get with that, maybe it can happen. But we got to see, man. Like Jason said, they got to prove it when it counts. Show me some October baseball. Show me some November baseball. Because right now, they tend to choke, not to mention Milwaukee again, more than them. Exactly. So that's, <laughs> that's yeah, that's going to be the big key there down the line for the Dodgers. So should be interesting these last couple weeks of the season. So off to the NBA hardwood we go. And, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I heard that, Lamont. Um, our Eastern Conference Finals are set. You got Miami and Boston. So I'll start this off. Um, Boston, I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just, look, Jason Tatum just shot lights out. Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart also did very, you know, made the, the, the big shots and also the defensive stops when they needed. Um, they're going to be playing the Miami team. Our buddy Matt Peck from Bulls Outsiders is not very happy with this matchup. I know he's not. So, see uh, <laughs> this Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> oh, I, I, I will start for a couple of reasons. One, I, I, I've been big on Jason Tatum since he told LeBron James, I'm a man. And that was two years ago in the playoffs when they was playing and Jason was all in his face. He had to tell LeBron, I'm a man. And since Jason did that, I believed in Boston to a certain extent. I didn't like the way they had all of the same players playing the same positions, and I still think they need a little bit more up front, like in the middle, so to speak. Williams, Tice, they doing what they do, but they need to solidify it out there in some form or fashion. And the Miami Heat, wouldn't it be something if Jimmy Butler go to the finals? I'm just saying. <laughs> That, that, I mean, Chicago is, I mean, John Paxson and Gardner got to be looking at themselves and realizing how stupid they have been for so many years. And you look at it like if Miami go, I don't think Miami got enough to get past Boston. Even with Jimmy Butler pulling off his heroics, I think Jason Tatum would eventually outplay him. So, and, so I know I, got, I haven't spoken with you guys in a few weeks, so let me just give a <laughs> a quick recap of, of how I've seen things play, uh, play out in this Eastern Conference, especially when it comes to the Miami Heat. Um, I, I thought we would see something weird in the NBA bubble in these playoffs. Um, I want to make the quick point that I think Milwaukee may have been the one team that actually needed a home court advantage. That's not necessarily an excuse because you're a professional team. You were the leader of the Eastern Conference. You, you shouldn't have been manhandled by Miami the way you were. But I think they were a team that needed that home court advantage. First, first quick point. Uh, to Miami now. I, th- well, well, this is sort of actually a, more of an indictment on Milwaukee as well. But I, th- my point is going to spin forward. Just bear with me a bit. Boston is going to defend the three-point line way better than Milwaukee did. Uh, Tyra Hero and Duncan Robinson, they are great. Well, I, I'm not going to call them great players yet. They're really good players. They're young players. They're good shooters. They can shoot the ball. 
There is no doubt about that. But on way too many times, they were left wide open at the three-point line. Boston is elite defensively. I thought I would have said that about Milwaukee, but apparently not, especially when it comes to defending the three-point line. Boston is not going to let that happen. I, 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 I just I predict that that's just not going to happen. Um, and when you couple that, when you, when you have a go-to player like Jason Tatum, future MVP candidate as well, um, I, I like Boston in the series. I think Miami can take it to six. But, again, they, they, if you defend the three-point line, Miami is really, really vulnerable. And I think Boston is going to be able to do that. Um, even though Jimmy Butler is a huge dif- difference maker for that Miami team, I love his leadership there. But I think their luck runs out in the Eastern Conference Finals. I like Boston. I like Boston in six. I, I got to agree with you. I'll give Boston in six, too. Did? Or did he freeze again? Oh, he froze again. So, uh, I'll, do, I'll do my prediction. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Heat in seven, just because I, just because I think look, creepy weird things are happening in this bubble. So I'm I'm taking the Heat in seven. So that's Ooh, me, look at Lakina. I'm stepping out. <laughs> All right, uh, going to the West. Uh, speaking of seven games. Um, the Nuggets were able to beat the Clippers, and they were able to force the game seven. Where do you guys see this in the West? And as LeBron and AD and the Lakers get another day of rest? <laughs> uh, you know what? They shouldn't have did it because Jamal Murray can go off for 50 on you and they'll lose. If Paul George have a bad game shooting and Jamal have a good game, the Clippers, are they could lose. They really could. So if I had to pick – uh, I'm going to pick the Clippers simply because they have the better players. They have the better team. But if they're not shooting properly, and I really mean Paul George, if he's not shooting properly, then Denver will be going, man. Well, you, you guys also know how I feel about Paul George. And um, these, that, that was a Paul George game. That that on on Sunday that was a Paul George game, prime opportunity for 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 him to actually prove his worth, put his stamp on on you know the series, and of course he didn't do it. Um, Plenty of games like that in this in this bubble. He he not showed up a few times in this bubble. Well, well, Lamont, and I know you I know you know NBA basketball, but isn't this what he does? This is what he does. <laughs> yeah, you got it, boy. He can do all of this stuff in the regular season, and he can be this great player, two-way player in the regular season, but you can't have, you know, single-point efforts and 11- and 12-point efforts with the – and I'm saying numbers here because I don't have the stats in front of me, but these That's are right. type of stats, right? Like like two for 12s from the field. You know, you, you can't be that inconsistent when everybody's loading up on Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is still showing his worth, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what's concerning to me is the lack of bench production uh, from the Clippers because that was what we lauded, you know, before the shutdown and, and actually, you know, in, into this bubble. Um, they, they need to step it up a little bit more um, with, their, with their secondary production. So that's concerning yeah. for me. I still like the Clippers in a game seven, but yeah. going, going forward, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I would have thought this would have been sort of a breeze, and I guess – I guess we're just not giving Denver that much credit. I mean, maybe is that what we need to start doing? You know, <laughs> we're the three seed in the West, right, Lakina? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, but it's, I, I, it's not that. It's just that 
Denver got a lot of holes when you look at it. Or do they? You know, it looks like they got holes, but like you said, maybe they don't. And that's why I kind of went with the Clippers because overall they're the better team. They yeah. should win. But like you say, if a Paul George have a Paul George's night and Jamal Murray show that he's going to be a score like he showed all the way in college from time, he had these brief flashes where he just showed you that he can just score when he wants to. And then he just say, well, okay, I'm going to chill. I'm not going to be like this. And I think if he develops that mentality – you know, it, that could be dangerous going forward. Yeah, I've got – reluctantly, I've got the Clippers winning. And, like, and I'm not really confident about that now because it feels yeah. like the Clippers have been kind of sleepwalking yeah. through this through this whole, you know, playoff bubble, if you will. So, I mean, I, I hope Paul George has a good game, game, game tomorrow night, but I, I just – I don't know. I just have no confidence in him. And, look, Yurka just, just showing that he's actually pretty good. So – yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, so oh, and they're they're Sid. I mean, yeah. Okay, here's do the Clippers got any technical fouls? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is that gritty, tough attitude that we're gonna win this game? Has you have you saw that? Like you say, sleepwalking. I haven't seen that oomph out of the Clippers. Period. Yeah, I was just gonna bring up that point, Lamont. The, the Clippers, they have this turn it on, turn it off mentality all season long. They're they're worried about the Lakers. They won't say it publicly, but they're worried about the Lakers. Instead of worrying about future opponents down the road, you have to take care of business now. They got away with it in the Dallas series. And it looks like it may bite them in the butt in this series against Denver. And looking at that game order, outscored them 30-16. to 16. So uh, that shows you a lack of focus right there. They need to bring it in game seven because if they don't, uh, I'm not going to say people are going to get traded and heads are going to roll, but there will, will be a, a lot of questions. And it's turning on, turning off mentality. Not everybody can pull that. If the, you, the Clippers have a better roster, but you haven't won a damn thing yet. So you, you can't afford to turn it on, turn it off like the Warriors have, have done in the past to a lesser extent, the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s. You haven't earned the right to claim anything that you haven't earned yet. So the Clippers, the pressure is really on the Clippers in this game seven. No, and especially think- no, especially knowing that the Lakers are waiting for you too. And exactly. Ron, well west, well rested. <laughs> Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, and 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 I and I hate to say it, you know, because I ain't the biggest Laker guy. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm not a Laker guy. I ain't the biggest LeBron guy like that. But he may walk his way right on to a championship. He he may, and and it's not because of him. It's because when Anthony Davis decided to be Anthony Davis. He looked completely unstoppable. I like. I, I mean, sometimes he go through spurts in them games, and you be like, "Man, who gonna guard this man?" And I think that's what the Lakers need going forward. Even like after LeBron, I think LeBron, he may even leave on top if they win this one and get a team to AD, which would be which be wouldn't be a bad thing for me. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, and and that's another factor as well, right? LeBron's rest. Um, because listen, you, we, we, I mean, you know, he's in the 17th, 18th year, so that's that's a factor in these playoffs. And I, I, again, it just goes back to the disappointment in the Clippers for me because I thought this was a head-on collision course, um, you know, and it still could be, right? I mean, obviously, you know, the Clippers could win Game Seven, and they, you know, we'd move on and we'd have we'd have a battle for LA in the Western Conference Finals, which is what we all want. But it, it, they they've got to get it in gear really, really soon because, like we've all been saying, it's it's just a sleepwalking type of thing that we see with the LA Clippers and um, 
if they come out, you know, with a certain lack of focus in this game seven, it could be over and over quick. Yeah. What if Paul George is waiting to get to the Lakers to become Paul George? Well, they got to get there first. Yeah, exactly. They have, they, have to, they have to get there. That's been the they problem. They're thinking ahead, like Ted said. So <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Um, we got a few more minutes left. Let's go to the college gridiron. Um, I watched a little bit of the, the Clemson-Wake game. Clemson looks really good. Yes. I mean, they, they, they look uh, amazing. Um, shout out to Arkansas State for beating Kansas State and also Louisiana for beating Maybe Iowa Kansas. State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that thing, twelve. Take that. <laughs> now, did anybody watch the, the Navy Duke game? I didn't. No. no. What? 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 I mean, I mean, not the. I mean, the Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Duke game. Oh. Oh. Okay. Did, I watched did, a little bit of it. Did, why was Notre Dame looking like they were struggling so hard with Duke for a long period of time in that game? I was stuck somewhere and I had to watch it. So I was, why, why was they look like they was just struggling so hard with Duke? And will they have these problems going forward in the ACC? Well, yeah, I mean, well, Notre Dame had to do a bit of retooling and reloading on their offensive side. So, I mean, that's that's a little bit of the issue. Quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, so I mean, uh, I, I mean, you know, that to me that wasn't surprising, especially given the nature of this season so far, guys. I mean, it, but it's still Duke. No, I, I, I mean, I agree. Listen, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's Duke. You, you're totally right. <laughs> it was basketball. That's different. But this is football. I agree. I agree. And and again, but you know what? I think it's uh, it's it's a week one in college football as well. You you see this from time to time. In you know, in, in week one college footballs. I mean, listen, we just Tina just mentioned it. Ask Kansas State. Ask yeah. Iowa State. You know, I mean, not to you know, not to compare it, but I mean, you see these sort of things happen from time to time. So um, I think Notre Dame is a good team. I mean, I think they're gonna be ranked throughout the season, but you know, they're a little rusty. Well, and yeah, and, and also Oklahoma looked really good too. So I know, I know, yeah, yeah, I know because they're their opponent. But Spencer Rattler, who, you know, look, I mean, he's actually a guy that Lincoln Riley recruited. <laughs> so this is the first time in a couple of years that he, he's actually using a guy that he recruited. So four touchdown pass for him. Yes, it's Missouri, it's Missouri State, I know, but again, they they looked good, and you know, we got a couple of upsets, but. And we'll see if the Big Ten will be able to come back. I don't think they will, but I know that there's this buzz about about that they might be able to come back. They got a meeting coming up today or tomorrow, right? They got, yeah. They got to be able to meet. Yeah, so I don't – like, look, the Pat 12s already said, look, we're not – especially if you got the governors of these states saying, look, you guys are not playing, forget it, it's not happening. So this is all political at this point, so it, it's just silly. What do you guys think about that real quick? I mean, I, I think, and that, and that, that's what I was saying even about, like, with the fans in the NFL, but I think once they see these other teams playing, I thought it would kickstart something in them and say, man, we got to put our people back out there. And I was all for if one play, all play. And that's kind of how I was looking at it, like, the whole time. Like, if one set of people was saying they were able to play, I felt like all – even I know some states got different things going on or whatever, but if you got these players in a bubble – like I think one of the coaches said, they're safer in this bubble than they is in the world. So I was all for them playing, but like you say, we'll see. 
Lubby, I don't think Lubby having problems down in Illinois right now with some of his relatives. So I don't know if Illinois. <laughs> He just had to bring up Lovey, didn't you? <laughs> I'm just saying, he had problems down there. So, it, that, you know, so we'll see. Hey, guys, you it'll guys be, have comments? Yeah, it would be a miracle if the Big Ten played at this point, as you guys mentioned. It, it's all political, and I know the parents were upset, and I know the athletes want to play, and that's all well and good. But as we talked about before, the Lakina, it's all about can you handle the testing? Yeah, for sure. The, do it, I'm sure they're going to do it on game day. Are you going to do it the day after the game like the NFL is doing this year? So and, and all the other uh, teams in that conference going to follow the same protocol. We just don't know. And so until those questions are answered, they're not going to play. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong, but – Unfortunately, common sense uh, doesn't uh, seep into people sometimes. I know the money is at the end game, but until the questions about testing are answered, there's nothing really to talk about here. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Especially, especially we see what happened with Virginia Tech. They've said, look, if we get less than like eight teams competing in the ACC, you can just forget it. And also, Memphis is having problems too. So just when yeah. the Big Ten wants to mm -hmm. come back, Every the ACC and also the American and some other the other conferences who are playing right now they're starting to have issues. So, really, well, you know, as as we have been saying, you know, for the past week, past few months, this was a win category, not if. This was a win situation, not if. So now that we see all these problems arising, how are you going to handle it now? All right. So a couple of days before we. Uh, before we disperse, um, congratulations to the U.S. Open champions Naomi Osaka on the men on the women's side, and also Dominic Thiem wins his first title, Grand Slam title on the men's side. He was knocking on the door for the last couple of years. Yep. Was really close though. That, last couple that, of years. Man, that man's thing is a scam. I, I don't. He did not. He didn't even hit that lady. With, he shouldn't have been disqualified. I'm just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't even. That lady act like he hit her with a bullet. That wasn't cool. He said he said still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one too. I mean, the letter of the rule. Everybody yeah. says, you know, he did it, and Djokovic has been very, you know, very um, apologetic towards it. So, well, I because I, I think he would have won if he if he hadn't been defaulted, <laughs> unfortunately. But you know, TM, you know, listen, that that was that that was a great match between him and Zverev, you know, yesterday. So. That was a great five set thriller. So I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy for a TM. He, like I said, he's been, he earned it. So, and also Osaka, too. This is her third um, Grand Slam or second US Open. So I'm not yeah, so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though you know I was yeah. really. Yes. Oh, I mean, for Serena, I mean, oh, yeah. Well, Serena, listen, Serena had that Achilles injury, too. She's already pulled out of the Italian Open. They're actually starting clay court season yeah. this week because we have to yeah. come up in a couple of weeks. So. I don't know if she would have been able to play in the final. Should should she have won? She wouldn't have been one hundred percent. Folks have been saying, well, you know, she didn't really, you know, Osaka didn't really earn it. You know, Serena wasn't one hundred percent. So I'm glad it actually worked out the way it did. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just wanted to get to twenty four, but you know, I'm just I'm I'm concerned. I'm just concerned. I mean, it's we've kind of seen this the past few years now. It's it's kind of a semifinals run, and then you know she kind of kind of loses that momentum. So I just wanted to see her to get to 24. Um, I was hoping for an Osaka-Williams rematch. I really, really was. 
and maybe we'll see it in another final, hopefully. But um, you know, I you know I hate to say it, but I mean, you know, time is time is always undefeated when it comes to athletes. So I just I hope, yeah. I hope we've got enough left in there to get to twenty four. Yeah, I kind of wanted Serena to get that last title. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. But like you said, Jason, Father Time catches up to all of us, and maybe this is the uh, the beginning of the end for her. You know, everybody doesn't play had a heck of a career. I would love to see that uh, rematch of the final as well. But we didn't get it. We may get it in some other form or fashion down the road. But hopefully, Serena can uh, get healthy and get back to uh, what she loves to do best, and maybe. Uh, almost like Tiger was, we were looking at him in golf. You know, can you get that one last major before you hang it up for good? Yep. Yeah. yeah. U.S. Open a couple of weeks for the uh, for the men. So yeah, for in golf. So that should be a fun one too. Although Brooks Kepka has already said he's going to pull out. So. Well, listen, he ain't been playing well anyway, so it doesn't really matter. They're not going to miss it anyway. Yeah, I'll say yeah. That's true. That is true. He has not been playing well lately. So I think. Look, I think I'm taking Dustin Johnson at this point. Although. I mean, look, he might – look, you know, Lefty may have something to say about it, too. He wants to exercise those demons that went for, from a few, for some years back. So, we'll see. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But uh, anything else, any other sports thoughts you guys have before we uh, leave? No. Bears win, Bears win, Bears win. Big series against the Twins for the White Sox this week. The White Sox, as Lamont said, this is a grow-up series for the Southsiders. You take care of Minnesota. You put yourself a distance between them and Cleveland for the AL Central race. This is the time to do it. It starts tonight. And you give yourself some confidence, too, going forward. So, yeah, it's a growing mm-hmm. a, oh, yeah. a, a sense of normalcy in the world of sports, although it not 100%, but football is back. Of course, we've got the opening Monday night double hitter tonight. And uh, can't wait for it. And I'm glad we're talking some football again, guys. Yes, me too. I'm yes. glad that we're talking football for real, and, and even college football. I mean, I'm glad to have it for what we're getting. I mean, I like having too many things to watch instead of not watching, instead of watching cornhole and, and things of that. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, wait, Lamont, you mean you, you weren't excited about the drone racing league that they were no, playing? No, but you know, the one thing that never failed me, though, through the whole corona, you know, the WWE yeah. never went away. So I always had them in AEW. <laughs> so they never went away. AEW's doing their thing. So it's 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 interesting. They signed a lot of more uh more main uh you know, they signed a lot of MMA people over. So they spending money. I think for me that the Chicago, the White Sox Minnesota series is sort of in show me mode. I know we're not in Missouri, but this sort of show me, show me mode with you, the White Sox, because this is sort of your chance to kind of put some distance between yourself and the rest of the AL Central. Um, the Cubs, it looks just to stay on track because everyone else in your division has not been very good. I don't see the Cardinals making a move since they have to still have to make up a lot of games. So I don't see them doing that. Um, I'm looking forward to game seven of Nuggets and Clippers because. Yes. Again, sort of prove its mode, if you will. Stop, you know, stop sleepwalking. Also, the U.S. Open is actually this weekend at Wingfoot, so I'm looking forward to that too. No crowd, unfortunately. So, but it's also going to be back on NBC, which I'm very happy about. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, <clears throat> no shade to Fox, but they actually have some good stuff, and some of the people there are actually good. But it just, it just didn't feel the same. Fox losing their mind. Fox gave wrestling a billion dollars. 
So Bucks losing their mind. <laughs> I mean, they gave the WWE a billion dollars. So they, they, they don't, you know, they don't know what they want to do. <laughs> well, and they're losing money too, remember. So that's so that I'm sure they're not very happy about that either. Not getting the return I mean, on they, they invested. And 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 Vince Vince steady running stuff. Vince opening up new stuff. So he he steady pocketing money. He he said to have his biggest year ever. Oh my! So he 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 steady making money. Yeah, hand over fist. Also, Marlon Mack torn Achilles. He's out for the he's out for the year. Tough. That's a tough one there for the Colts because I may have oh. to change my I'm have to change my uh, divisional picks because I had the Colts win that division and they did not have a good start so far. And also, Max gone for the year, so now I gotta find a new running back in my fantasy draft. Fantasy. Those injuries, uh, those injuries for Dallas last night, Vanderhurst. Uh, that uh, the injuries for Dallas was pretty bad last night. I'm hoping that they can get back. So that was two ugly ones last night for them also. Mm -hmm. And on that note, uh, you follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore McGee on the Instagram. And you, you, can, you can follow your surely Sid, Sid the Kid uh, at Sid Kid A, both on Twitter and Instagram. That's Sid Kid A. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. As Lamont's doing his little silly dance over there, <laughs> you can read all my articles at rehallregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can listen to Second City Sports via War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Sound, SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download Second City Sports and War on Anchor. Also, we're on iHeartRadio. Please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app. Just search for War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you access this lovely program along with our other programming from We Are Regal Radio. We are right there. Please give us your support. And you can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook and Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. You can follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Follow us. We follow back. All right, folks. Enjoy the sports week coming up. And a lot of stuff happening. This is what we've been wanting for. We've been, we, we were able to, we dragged and clawed. We persevered. And hopefully mm -hmm. everything goes off without a hitch. So for the guys on the Kansas Missouri State Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See you guys next time. Holla!